You're listening to the Grieving Mamas Club podcast, a space for moms who are on the wild ride of motherhood while navigating their grief journey. Here are your hosts. I'm Rashida, a motherless mom of a three-year-old and a one-year-old. Yep, that is two under four. And I'm Kara, a motherless mom with a three-year-old, an angel baby, and one on the way. Let's dig in. Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode 18 of the, I know, 18 of the Grieving Mamas Club podcast. I actually like legitimately had to go look in our archives of episodes that our editor gives to us to figure out what number episode this is. So that means, Kara, (laughs) we're getting up there. What should we do? We got to do something big for 20. I mean, I don't know why. I agree. I don't know. know. It's a mile marker. Yes. We also have to do something big for like our one year anniversary in September. Oh my gosh. I can't believe we've already been doing it for six months. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is wild. I love it. Me too. Me too. So (laughs) tell me, how was your week? Week has been good. I guess your two weeks because we're recording every two weeks. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Two weeks have been good. I know we talked about this last episode, but like this maternity leave is just like what dreams are made of. Brooks and I, we- are just living truly. We're so simpatico. I mean, I just, <sighs> God, I just love him. I just, I'm so glad he chose me to be his mommy. And I guess I chose him to be my son, but oh my God. And I, of course, feel that way about my daughter, but like, of I course. mean, like this maternity leave has just been baller. And I it's freaking told you. Yeah, you did. And I'm so happy. I'm so happy to that we're there and coming to an end. I go back. April 1st. That was going to be my next question. When is the official go back date? Yeah. April 1st. And it's nice because we have a, we have a phase back program where I work. So the first week is like 20 hours, you know, just dipping your big Mm -hmm. toe in and kind of feeling, trying to remember what I do and, you know, get the lay of the land and Brooks will go back to the same school as Ellie. So that'll be Mm -hmm. nice one drop off and Yeah. yeah, it'll be good. Will he go, will he go all five days? your first week back. He will. So you will So <laughs> your face. He will. He will. So here's, so it's kind of a convoluted story, but Brian and I are going on a trip to Miami. And so it, it's simultaneously. Just you two? No. Well, I mean, yeah, but like with his work, he went on a trip through with work. No kids, but no right, kids. No, no kids. Yes. <gasps> so I know I'm so pumped, but I'm also like, freaking out because I don't mm-hmm. want to leave him. He'll be just about three months. I mean, it works out anyway, because he was supposed to be starting school that week anyway. Mm-hmm. And I was able to work it out with my work schedule to be able to work it out to where I could also go on the trip, but then also still come back and jump right into work. So it'll be, you know, it'll be fine. So my, my in-laws are coming in town and my sister-in-law is helping out with the kids and, mm-hmm. and then, you know, the kids will go to school. So it should hopefully knock on wood be fine. How many days are you going to be gone for? Four. (gasps) I'm so jealous. I know. I know. It'll it'll be great. Uh, It'll be great. It's going to be. Why do you see your your face is like, it'll be great. It's going to be awesome. Because I don't want to leave him so soon. That's yeah. Fair. Fair. And that's it. I didn't. Let's see. uh, The pandemic. Because Parker's a 2020 baby. I didn't leave 
her like Dom I left shit I'm trying to like think I went on my first trip without Dom or Ben a work trip no mm -mm, it wasn't even a work trip I was just purely to go visit oh I was with Kip um (laughs) that is fun I bet yes yeah (laughs) we went to we went to Santa Barbara fun Dom was like eight months maybe okay yeah Mm -hmm. he was like eight months and then the first so he's like practically self-sufficient by that point Sure. Just, he had a job. Just kidding. A, just kidding. He had a whole fucking he job. job. <laughs> um, <laughs> he knew he needed to clock in and clock out yeah, himself there. It's fine. <laughs> With Parker, because like nobody was traveling for so long. Right. The first time I left her seriously might have been uh, August of 2021, which made her a year and some change. Wow. Because we just weren't going anywhere. It wasn't like I was like, yeah, it it wasn't (laughs) like I was like specifically trying to like make it that long. It's just because we weren't going anywhere. And then we finally had like a wedding and we were gone for a weekend. And that was the first time I'd been away from both kids for that long. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, that's like, we wouldn't be doing this if it weren't for this situation, but you know, he won a trip, an amazing award. So proud Yay, of him. Hey, you know? go producer and Brian. Yeah. <laughs> producer Brian. He did not win the trip through the Grieving Mamas Club podcast. I'll no. tell you that much. Maybe mm-hmm. one day, yeah. but not right now. We got to mm-hmm. monetize this shit first. So we do. Yes. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Is it more work people too? Or is it like just him and you, but he just won it through work? Yeah. More work people too. It's it's a whole thing. Okay. Yeah. So okay. we'll, we have like, it's staying at a beautiful, beautiful hotel, like the Fountain Blue or something thing. It's like, mm-hmm. I mean, like these work trips are unbelievable. It's places that you would never, we, not you, we would typically never stay because mm-hmm. they are just mm-hmm. unreal. Mm-hmm. So I will tell you, we were given like a list of options of like activities that we want to do. And so one day we're going to do a cocktail class, which <gasps> we're going to be drinking. We might as well be drinking like the good stuff anyway. So it's like, <gasps> get this. Take it's, notes. Okay. It's for two drinks, Moscow mule and a mojito. Like she know how to make those. Those are like, she I, does. She does like, but but I'll, I'll, okay, I'll drink them, you know? Yeah, that's, it's that's fine. Good. Yeah, it'll be fine. And yeah. then the next day, this is where it's going to get dangerous. I was like, Brian, I know you love fishing, deep sea fishing, especially. I've never done it. That sounds like fun. I should do it. I am going to be, I just know it. I'm going to be fucked, like so sick. I'm going to be hungover. Should have rethought that one because the other option was the spa. Now, who in the fuck do I think I am? Going on a deep tra- sea fishing adventure. You were trying to be a good wife. Could you not? I am a good wife. To- Thank you. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm such be- a good wife. <laughs> because because it is his work trip after all. Could you not split up? Like, could he do something and you do something? Or did you guys have to do stuff together? No, no, we could split, but it would, mm. but I was just like, well, I'll take one for the team. Yes. Mm. In that particular moment, you were feeling giving. Got it. Yeah. 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 She's going to regret it though, but it's Okay. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe we'll catch a big fish. I don't, I was like, I'm not touching shit. Mm-hmm. I will be there to hang out and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do they drink beer on these boats? Cause yes. that'd be cool. Okay. Yes. Good. I think so. Don't, don't yeah. quote me, but yes. yes. <laughs> Have you been? No, I don't I knew fish. You were say <laughs> no. I know, I know, I know. No, we have a, a new neighbor who is like a handy guy. And him and his wife, they're adorable. And they have a little eight month old. And we're pumped because we wanted neighbors who are our age to add to the street that is yes. a bunch of little kids too. And the first time I met her, 
we went to book club or I was picking her up to take her to book club on our street and we're at book club and she's like, yeah, I, cause we have these, did I show you the crest on crest wine glasses? Yes. We're extra. We have wine glasses for our that is awesome for that is awesome for our street. And so that this, my neighbor's husband was like, well, if the wives have the wine glasses and they do the book club, like what are all the dads doing? And I was like, sounds like a you problem. Sounds like you and the dads (laughs) don't know, don't care, but yeah, you and the dads need to figure that out, blah, blah, blah. And then the wife was like, yeah. And my husband was like, maybe they all want to go on like a fishing trip or something. And I was like, solidly not the Dinehearts. Like, yeah. Not Ben. No, 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 no. We don't, we don't outdoors unless we are drinking or like going for a walk or playing with our kids. Like we don't outdoors and we, we don't. And so then the other day they were outside again and we're blowing bubbles in the sidewalk and the husband, again, they're adorable. Like the house next door did not have a fence. He built it with his own fucking hands. What? He built a whole fence. My husband won't even hang fucking blinds in the house. A whole fence. And the whole time we, we were like, we don't even own a lawnmower. Giggle, giggle. Like, <laughs> we don't do that. And so the giggle, other day he giggle. was like, yeah, he's like, so do you guys like do a lot of grilling or anything or cooking? And I was like, door dashing. Uh, yeah, we do. we're big door dashers. I was like, I do enjoy cooking. I just, who has time to be cooking elaborate meals all the time? And so we were, just, like, we looked and we were like, uh, yeah, we, we cook. Yeah. And like later that night, I was like, Ben, they probably went inside and we're like, what the fuck do those people do over there? <laughs> they're, they're not handy. They drink and blow bubbles. Duh. They, they don't own a lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it sounds like to me that you guys are smart and you outsourced all your issues. So once we were sitting outside under our deck, cause we have like a covered deck and like drinking and ha- like we bring our on a nice days, we bring our TV outside and the kids play and yes, it's re- and it's covered. It's nice. Anyways. Shit, and so yes. You guys got to figure it out. Yeah. They came back from somewhere and I was like, oh yeah, we, we, we've been out here all morning, all afternoon. Like we'll probably be out here for the rest of the day. So like, feel free to grab a beer and come over. And they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. We just got back from a hike. And I was like, oh wow. They are, they are all in. Yeah. They're better than us. Does that make you feel guilty at all? Like for a split second, for a split effing second, I was like, I should probably be doing something else. And I was like, that's okay. Yeah. (laughs) But everyone's happy. Why would I, (laughs) you know, it's like, You know, I have gotten into, I think we've talked about this before. I have gotten into this mind thing and I've been doing it a lot more with my whole intuitive eating journey, which we'll talk about on a different podcast. But (laughs) I asked if I find myself getting like jealous or thinking I should be doing something different to be like someone else comparing, like, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Comparing anytime I am feeling like I'm comparing myself or feeling down on myself or anything, I like stop myself and ask like, but am I happy? Is my family happy? And if the answer is yes, then it's like, then I don't need to change anything. Yeah. So that's great. I'm glad that you're able to stop and catch yourself because Mm -hmm. that's your ego talking and then your higher self. So I'm going all woo woo, but so, so that's your ego talking and your, your ego always had, you always know it's your ego talking because it always has a story to go along with Mm -hmm. it. Like, should I wear a blue dress? It's either a yes or a motherfucking no. Do you like blue? It's like, well, Yes. Okay. Then yes. Wear the blue dress. Do you like, I don't really like blue. So, but I really feel like I should because like 
someone said it was a good color on me and I put, I don't like it. it no end of story, sister. You're done. Mm-hmm. You don't like it. So it's like, mm-hmm. that's really, that's like a big, like a big growth opportunity that you saw there and you leveled up. I've been doing this whole intuitive eating journey and in order to essentially reject diet culture in all the ways it fucks with us women, especially us moms, I have to do a whole lot of stopping myself and being like, she's really skinny. I could be really skinny if I lost 40 pounds, probably. If I lost weight. (laughs) But yeah, I know what you mean. I know. Yeah. The number ain't small, but yeah, I know. I, I, Fuck that number. Yeah, I could be skinny if I blah, 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 blah. And then I'm like, mm, but my outfit's cute today. And I like pizza and I reserve the right to have a glass of wine when I get home from work. That's yes. End of story. Yes, exactly. And- you know, good for you. And that's so true too, because like the, the number on the scale, nobody knows the number on the scale besides you and your doctor. And if you're, if you got to do shit to get your BMI low, then do that. Be healthy. No BMI, but no BMI be healthy, but don't go with the BMI. Okay. Well, I just follow your doctor's advice is what is what my advice would be. But I mean, do what you got to do and still live your life. There's life is too fucking short to be just starving yourself and not having you know, pizza and wine whenever. Now you can't go ham all the time because that's not right. healthy. Right, but right. The goal is to be healthy, not necessarily skinny. Yeah. Like Saturdays, I generally have Chick-fil-A and I look forward to that fucking Chick-fil-A. Now, now usually I have it more, especially when I was pregnant, but I'm trying to curb those, <laughs> those habits. <laughs> yes. Those pregnancy yeah. habits are hard to kick though. God, they are. They are, but you know, cause I, now it's getting warmer out and I feel like it's easier to eat healthy. That's how you so feel. I feel like yeah. it's harder. It's harder, harder for me to say no to a drink. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. When that. it's nice outside. Yeah. But it's, but, the, and that causes me to not eat. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, that is. Because then before you know, down. you've had, yes, you've had two drinks and then you're like, fries sound fine. Like, you know, so like I feel like, but I could also say that probably the same thing in the winter time. Sweaters make me want to eat more. I mean, there's nothing better than a nice warm glass. Well, room temperature, I guess, of Pinot Noir, fire roaring, you know, fill See, her up. I can really I find an excuse to have wine and French fries at any time of the year. Therefore, I'm not going to be skinny and that's okay. <laughs> and as long as you feel good in your clothes, what does it matter? My and if you actually- don't buy new clothes. My neighbor, you know, I was telling her I'm going on this trip to Miami and I'm like, oh my God, I've got to, I've got to quickly lose a bunch of weeks. I get in, I got, I have to get in back into the clothes that I was last summer. Now, granted last summer I was pregnant, but I was still thinner than what I am now. You were nearly, yeah. Yeah. God, that sucks to say out loud, but it's the truth. Things have shifted. Also, it was cute to have like a bump Uh in a dress and now it's a frump in a dress, you know? No, I buy new clothes. She was like, Kara, who cares? Who cares what size they are? Just buy new clothes. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. And I was like, yeah, it doesn't freaking matter. It's all in my head. So I, yes, as long as you feel good in it, do it. Yes. And it's impossible to feel good about yourself in clothes that are too small. So like, if you go the whole, like, I'm going to squeeze myself into this, this outfit route, then you're uncomfortable, which means the whole day you're thinking about how your outfit doesn't fit and not how cute you are. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't, we don't have time for that. We don't have time for that life. No, I do not. So I've just been buying a lot of new clothes. (laughs) I watch. Oh, darn. Yeah. (laughs) Darn. She's fine. Yeah, exactly. 
This is a solid segue, Kara, into what you were saying right before we hit record that tonight is is a full moon. Yeah, tonight's a full moon. And what's March seventeenth, St. Patty's yes. Day. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what they say. To, again, to get back to the woo woo, this is I love this shit. This is uh, I was gonna say this is like so on brand for you that like I'm just like here for it. Oh my god. Okay. Well, I have another story too. So yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. So tonight's full moon. Full moons are a great time to write down your intention for this next full moon cycle for the next moon cycle. And you can set your intention, whether that might be to say, fuck you to diet culture, or I want to get a raise at work. I don't know, something like that. Mm -hmm. You write it down and you're supposed to burn it on a full moon. And that would, and that sets it out into the universe and Mm -hmm is supposed to, I don't know if it actually comes true, but like this sets things in motion to make that happen. It's also a great time if you're into crystals, which if you're into a crystal, you then pretty much already know that it's a good time to set out your crystals and let them moon bathe because it recharges them, but that might be going too far down the rabbit hole. So I I like, I can bring that back, but (laughs) rain that in for who (laughs) (laughs) true, true. For my husband, who's like, what the fuck is she doing? All these damn rocks around the house. And I'm like, we're going to burn some incense too, because we're bringing new life into the house. We're bringing new change. We're out with the old. That's another thing you guys should do every Sunday before Brooks was born, because you probably shouldn't do it around new babies, but burn some incense and wave it around. <laughs> I wave it around your house, like walking around. Yeah. The incense sets the old, bad, stale energy free and invites okay. new energy in. So okay. it's a, it's a really good way to like reset. If you find that the kids are crabby, you and you and your, you and your Ben, you and your producer Ben have been arguing <laughs> or just been like feeling off, burn some incense. It honestly changes the energy in the house. What do the incense have to be any particular sense? There are different scents that do different things, but Mm -hmm. I would just recommend just find something that you think smells good. Frankincense smells really good. Myrrh smells really good. Blue sage smells delicious. I was going to say sage. Maybe. Yeah. I have this one called the moon and it smells like, well, it smells like a fucking pot shop, but you know, (laughs) what's that sunshine daydream? Remember that? Yes. Kind of smells like that a little bit. Okay. 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 But it brings you, it brings you joy. Yeah, it, it does. Exactly. So, you know, to full moon, you can set your intentions and then release it into the universe. And that's what you're supposed to do. I'm going to do this when we get done recording. Yeah. Yeah. Can I burn it like over my sink? Oh yeah. Okay. I don't have to like go outside and howl or anything. No, no, no. <laughs> and go lick dirt. No, no, you don't have to yeah, do that. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and take the blood of my period and smear yeah. it on the sidewalk. Like, <laughs> no, on your forehead. So no one knows to fuck with you. <laughs> Maybe like under your eyes, kind of like yes. that, like Tom Brady. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, come, I come back inside and Ben's like, the fuck? Uh, what if we did that? That's no, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> this is another level. So like today I'm missing. Yes. Oh my God. I'm okay. excited. I'll let you know when the next full moon is. So I went to my hairstylist today and she's the one who had told me about my mom and like, mm-hmm. she's intuitive, got my hair done. And she's also a healer, like a Reiki healer. And so yeah. Reiki is an energy they use. It's an um, ancient form of Japanese healing. It's alternative mm-hmm. medicine. 
mm-hmm. and it's called palm healing. They are a vessel where they're able to heal you from, you know, they can take like your team of spirit guides and her team of spirit guides and then mm-hmm. work through. And if your chakras are off are mm-hmm. blocked, then she can heal these. Okay. So I went in today and I was like, I don't know. I just have always felt like I have some chakras off. I don't know which ones I just feel stuck blocked. I don't know. I don't know. She's like, okay. So she was washing my hair and she has these like little scrubbers like on her fingers or her hands. Mm. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but Rashida, when I tell you my soul physically left my body and went into another realm, I don't know where I was. I don't remember, but all I know is I wasn't present and I was seeing rainbows like, like in a prism. Yeah. yeah. I was seeing like specific colors of those mm-hmm. rainbows and that represented the chakras that are blocked. And then I need to work to get unblocked. And then like when I came to like, because my watch fucking buzz, I should have taken that shit, taken it off. My scalp was like tingling and it still mm. kind of feels a little bit strange, but it was like, it wasn't like she like used some like rosemary mint shampoo or something on my hair. Mm-hmm. It was like, almost like it freaked me out. I was like, oh my gosh, is my scalp gonna, am I okay? Yeah. yeah. When like she was done, I was like, Tina, dude, I seen, I was seeing rainbows. And she was like, you were, she's like, what color? She's like, those are your chakras. And she's like, yeah. And so she worked and she's like, what else did you see? And I saw some mm-hmm. other things. Like I saw the word fire. So I guess mm-hmm. I need to bring more of that element into my life. Mm-hmm. And it was just an out, truly an out of body experience. And I have never felt, I am just like vibrating on a whole different level. I, I love am, it. Yeah. It's was fucking tight. I cannot recommend it. So if you're ever, I don't know, anyone out there ever <laughs> curious, I okay. highly recommend. Highly recommend. This is uh this was a lovely, I guess, introduction or segue or we're launching another podcast called The Moon and the Sun. And it's weird. No, I'm just kidding. I was like, who? <laughs> Kara and I, it's the offshoot of the Grieving Mamas Club, the moon and the sun. Yeah. (laughs) That's all I could come up with. Like, that's so fucking basic. And that's all I could come up with in the like two seconds I was trying to make that joke. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But no, we're not really, but maybe we should. We're not, but, but. I do love this side of Kara because it, I, know. I don't, it's, I, I don't know why it's interesting. It's the whole, all of it's interesting to me in general. And I'm into not necessarily like, I wouldn't be like, I'm into crystals or all of those things, but I am very much into like doing things to change your energy and whether yeah. that is like, yeah, like changing the energy you bring to a situation, changing the energy you take from a situation, Yes, all of that. And I, and I think a lot of that is that can be used in a grief journey though, too, like to absolutely to, to bring it back, but um, yeah, right. Yeah. To, because, because it's like that episode that we did about the things, the, the shitty things people say to people on a grief journey. And yeah. it's like learning how to deal with that thing, those kinds of things, like the outside sources that are coming at you on your grief journey and like the energy you're giving to those and the energy you're, or lack thereof that you're taking from those situations. Right. And so I'm very into these days that and protecting my energy. Absolutely. That is all what this is about. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not like witchcraft, I guess it can be, but mm-hmm. like ultimately where I am coming from with it is that it's, it comes from a higher power. It can come from mm-hmm. the source and that come from the universe. It could come from God, whatever you call it. It's coming from love and light and mm-hmm. all positivity. So mm-hmm. that is 
all that any of this means when I'm talking about it, but yes, it's about you walk into a room or you walk into a store and you, people are just fucking crabby, but you got to learn how to like shake it off. You know, you mm-hmm. can't carry that with you because all it is going to do is just ruin your fucking day. And then you bring that right. home and we don't need that. Right. We got, we got toddlers, hungry ass toddlers who are bored. Non-stop. We, have, we have children who will take our energy. Therefore I cannot allow for Becky Sue to take my energy. Becky Sue. <laughs> it felt right. I love it. It felt right. Oh, one last thing. Okay. One last thing. And I swear listeners, we are going to talk about (laughs) welcoming a baby on a great journey. Okay. Have you seen those TikToks or memes or funny things that are just like shit white people love to say? (laughs) And it's like, and it's like the cheesiest shit. Yeah. Yep. And it's like, it's like, like you, like white people, like, Yes, white people can't help themselves. They, if it's like pouring rainy, they have to be like, it's raining cats and dogs. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And so yeah. Ben, and, ben and I <laughs> will jokingly say things like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll be like, that's some white people shit, Ben, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Any, anyways, today, okay, <laughs> I, I went to Total Wine because one of my, one of my direct supports was having a hard day. Like she's just, Aww. we've got, we're busier than we've ever been right now. And I think I've said, I now have a team of five yes. reporting to me. So my hair is on fire all the time, but I love it. And so I was having a meeting with one of my direct supports and she, when she gets really stressed out, she like puts her face like, and she's a listener of the podcast. Hi, hi, Shelby. Shelby. Um, yes. It's, it's Shelby. Yes. Shelby. Um, when she, when she gets really stressed out, I can like feel it. I can tell like her energy was not normal today. And so she leaves my office to go directly into another meeting. And I was oh. like, she could use some alcohol. Yeah. Typically, typically we have like lots of alcohol on like in stock in our office, but because we were just all in the office last week for our office retreat, there wasn't anything that Shelby and I like there was beer and stuff, but yeah. Anyways, so I'm like, all right, I got to go to Total Wine. I got to get this girl. She needs some cold, ice cold, bubbly rosé. And I will mm. have it. I will have it, the glass ready when she gets out of that meeting she's in. Oh, wow. And so I am at Total Wine, got my gla- got my two bottles of champs, or <laughs> my Prosecco, put them in the, on the conveyor belt. And the guy behind me, he puts his stuff on the belt and he's got like a handle of vodka, a handle of tequila, a handle of like all the, all of the, the, the big five handle uh-huh. of all of those. He's got, he's got, he's got mixers. He's like, he's doing something. I look at him and I went, wherever you're going, I'm going. Oh and no, you like, didn't. Oh no. No, you didn't. I no, did. <laughs> people shit. Yeah. That is some white people shit. <laughs> I, I, I made it worse by like, I looked at the cashier and I was like, yeah. Uh, uh. Oh my God. You had to cashier, own it at that point. I did. Cashier yeah. was like, right. I could leave work right now. I was like, me too. Oh, good. She, oh, bless her heart. She was into it. Yeah. <laughs> I want, I would be told I, I would have, yes. I mean, I, I walk out of total wine into the sunshine and I was like, I hate myself. Yeah. <laughs> and I can never show my face here again. Yes. I come home and I tell Ben this story and he goes, wait, wait. He goes, I want to guess what white people shit you said. And listeners, as we all know, Ben is white. Yeah. 
he goes, I'm going to guess what white people shit you said. He goes, tell me where you were. And I was like, well, okay. I was at total wine, but like, here, what, here's why I was at total wine, blah, 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 blah. And he was like, he was like, let me guess. You said, where's the party? <laughs> and I was like, I did say some variation Close. of where's the party. Uh, uh. <laughs> Welcome. Yes. Let me stamp your card. I, I, yeah. I could, and it just, it, it flew out of my mouth before I could put it back in. Hey, wherever you're going, I'm going. <laughs> She's unwell. <laughs> you, you also, do you think that maybe you were doing like a little bit of like, it was like still like work Rashida mode. So you have to be like super. No, 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 no. I was okay. legit, I legitimately just flew out of my mouth. When you feel it coming, just let it go, sis. I didn't need to comment on that man's alcohol purchase at three o'clock on a Wednesday, Thursday. That's like that that progressive commercial. You don't need to talk about parking. No, (laughs) you don't need to bring up everything. I didn't. I did not. And he clearly was not like he wasn't laughing at my comments. The cashier and I were having a wonderful time. (laughs) He didn't laugh. He gave me like a uh, and I was like, y'all see you there. Oh my God. Just to really rub it in even more. Uh, Thanks yeah. guy. So I'm going to be doing All some right. things to, to earn my black card back here. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. Rashida. You know what else is a white people thing to say? I voted for Obama. Well, you were absolved, you know, yes. <laughs> I voted for Obama twice. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. You know what else is some white people uh, things to say is when maybe like a dad thing, white dad to say, mm-hmm. uh, we see someone washing the car like, hey, I'll bring mine around. You can do mine next. Yes. Brian is the king of that. The king. He is a white dad. He is. Hold on. Sorry. What's wrong, sugar? Do you want to say hi to Rashida? Ellie belly. Oh, sorry. <gasps> Look at hey. your green. Say happy St. Patrick's Day. Abby. Oh. Hi, Ellie. Did you have fun at school today? Yeah. What'd you guys do? School shit. Try to catch a school shit. Did you, did you try to catch a leprechaun? Yeah. (gasps) I tried to catch a leprechaun. Did you catch it? No. Oh, yeah. Just like unicorns, huh? Real sneaky. Yeah. Corn coins. Hey, did he leave you a gold coin though? Two. Two? Yeah. But they were in the rocks and we had to clear them off. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Cool. Hey, Ellie Belly, what's your yeah. brother's name? Brooks. <sighs> is he a baby? Yes. Is he your is baby? He cu- is he your baby? Yes. Is he cute? Yes. You bet your butt he is. <laughs> <laughs> Where is that coming from? Oh, that's oh. mommy's incense. <laughs> oh, that's where it's coming from. Yeah. All right. Can you say is bye? Is it coming she- from there? Uh-huh. Did you get from how did you light it up? With a lighter. Oh no, it dropped. It's okay. Oh. All right, can you say bye, Rashida? It's good to see you. Bye, Rashida. It's good to see you. <laughs> good night, Ellie Belly. You. I'm gonna keep talking to Miss Rashida and then I will come downstairs and we'll oh. play. Okay. Because we're gonna play tomorrow because you're off school tomorrow. Maybe, Stay home day. Maybe can we do can I do a podcast with you? Sure, absolutely. And I would love that. And talk to Rashida. Yes, absolutely. We'll bring we'll bring Dom. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that would be awesome. All right, hold on. Sorry, guys. That's our life, though. You know. Yep. Ellie Belly. Yeah. Ellie Belly. Thank you. So right. I guess we should, you know, 
talk get about into great it. things. It's fine. Eh, yeah. It's fine. Ain't no thing. Okay. So for this episode, I want to talk about like what it means and how it feels to bring a baby home in the midst of a grief journey. And I'm interested, I guess, Kara, I have questions for you oh. because I do, because I brought home both my babies and in the midst of a grief journey, like well, well into my grief journey, because I lost my mom when I was 15. And so I I feel like I maybe had more time to process what it would mean to be a motherless mom than you did because you became a motherless mom while you were already a mom. Right. Right. So yeah. So how did you feel when when you found out you were pregnant and Granted, this is you were pregnant with Brooks after a miscarriage. So there's lots of feelings here, I'm sure. How are you feeling going into either pregnancy, really, knowing that you were doing it without your mom? Yeah. So I'll even take it back a little bit further. When we determined that we were going to have another one, Mm -hmm. you know, I was really kind of scared because I was still going through that transition, living a life without my mom, because my mom Mm -hmm. and I were so, so close. Maybe it was codependency. I don't know, but I just, maybe it's just called love, but so yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think so. I think it's, you're just probably not as close to her mom. Yeah, probably. Yes, exactly. So, you know, I was really scared to like, go through a being pregnant and, and go, I could not stand the thought of giving birth without my mom, not being there, you know, Mm -hmm. right after. So that was something I had to get over, you know, have no other choice. But so like during that part of my grief journey, that was the part of realizing that I need to, I'm living my life for me. This is Mm -hmm. my life, not my mom's Mm -hmm. life. My mom's life is done. Like she Mm -hmm has done it. Now she's elsewhere and she's, you know, like this is all for me. So that was a part of like a big growing moment for me. When I found out I was pregnant before Brooks, you know, it was tough. I went and, you know, told my dad and that sucked not being able to tell my mom. We wrapped up the ultrasound picture and a big present. We said, dad, Mm -hmm. you know, we, there was one more present. We were waiting for it to come in. And, and then he, you know, he opened it and, you know, he was like really tearful and joyful and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, but it still was like missing a big giant gaping hole, missing piece that she wasn't there to physically there to experience that with us. Mm-hmm. So when we found out we were having, I, that the baby had passed, they were like, there's no heartbeat. There's no heartbeat. I'm sorry. The first thing I said was, I just lost my mom. And the, mm-hmm. the nurse was like today. And I was like, no, like by this point it was like about to be a year. But so anyway, like, you know, that was like still very fresh in my mind. Like I was thinking yeah. to myself, like I just lost my mom. And so even when we found out we, we lost that baby, you know, I kind of was like, okay, I've already had a trauma. I'm done. You know, it was pretty hard, pretty earth rattling. Like I'm done. And now I have this, like, this is not fair. So then when it came time for baby Brooks found out we were pregnant, I'd already kind of been prepping myself of like, of those thoughts of like my mom, not being present for Mm -hmm. any of this. And, you know, it, it really hurt it, you know, that huge gaping hole that consumes you Mm -hmm. to think that she wasn't going to be there for the birth you know, that still sucked because I had had so long to prepare myself almost a year for Brooks's arrival, the baby's arrival that when the time came, it made it a little bit softer, but also we were, we were going through some really fucking heavy shit. So like my mom not being there really wasn't at the top of my mind. It was more so like, holy fuck, is my son going to make it? And, mm-hmm. you know, soon thereafter, I was like, I would rather go through losing my mom a hundred thousand times over than have to go through this, mm-hmm. you know, and as he gets older, it's going to be tough to know 
like that he won't know my mom. Like Ellie knows my mom, you know, she was two and a mm-hmm. half. So she has a wonderful way of keeping her memory alive. Anytime she sees a coin or a feather or a butterfly, she is the first one to see it and to point it out and to grab it and take it. And she like keeps it, you know, little kids are all hoarding all kinds of little trinkety shit. But like, mm-hmm. it's really sweet because she she's like, that's from Nana. And she wants it. And like, I just I love that. Yeah. That is. Yeah. That's, so. It's, it's, it's interesting because I I think I've talked about this before, but I was, let's see, 28 when I had Dom. So 12 years after my mom had passed away. And I think from essentially when I got married up until I had Dom, I had been preparing myself for what it would be like to be a motherless mom. And so yeah. I went through, yeah, I went through a period where I didn't think I wanted kids because of that. Like, because I was like, I'm never going to be my mom. So like, why set myself up for that tragicness of failure? Like why I'm never going to be as good as her, like all of those things. And so I feel like that's a little bit of the difference. And I, I wouldn't say it's good or bad necessarily, but a little bit no. of the difference is that I had a little more time to prep myself for like what the grief journey would be like. What I wasn't prepared for in terms of like welcoming a, a baby on a grief journey, I was not prepared for it. So Dom was obviously a boy. <laughs> <laughs> Unless he decides otherwise later in this life, but yeah, whatever. for all intents and purposes right now, he is a boy. And I feel like because he was a boy, maybe I could compartmentalize I'm like trying to, I'm struggling to like find the right words, but like maybe I could compartmentalize what it meant to be a motherless mom because it was, I, I don't know what it's like to be a boy missing his mom. Yeah. And so I wasn't grieving in that way. Like I was grieving for my mom. I was grieving what she was missing in terms of Dom's life. But it wasn't until I found out I was pregnant with P, a girl, unless she decides otherwise in her life, but for now a girl. And it wasn't until I was pregnant with her that I was like, (gasps) the grief, like it hurt. It hurt. And like, so for majority, for majority of my pregnancy with Dom, I wouldn't say that I was like, obviously I was grieving, but I wasn't like, "Ah." grief is like, you're either actively grieving or like, it's just in the background. So like, you're always grieving. You're always grieving. Like you are always like, yeah, it's always a part of who you make up. It's it or your makeup. It's the journey. It's all those things we always talk about. But like, I do think there's, and I think I might've called this acceptance higher of acceptance low, like in a previous episode, but like, it's almost like active grief versus like just in the background grief. I'll come up with something better to call it later. Um, I love that though. That, that is, that says it so perfectly. Yes. Like there are, there are moments it's when the waves are hitting you, that's active grief. Like there are moments when like you can't breathe, like the grief is too much for you to handle and to bear. But then there are moments when you like, you, you're still grieving. Like I still miss my mom. Like I miss my mom every day. There's not a day go by those goes by that. I don't miss her, but it doesn't hurt as bad. And, And sometimes I'm not even thinking about it necessarily. Like, you know, like yep. you can go, you can go days before you're like, oh yeah, I do miss my mom and that fucking hurts and that sucks and blah, blah, blah. And so I feel like during my pregnancy with Dom, I was like not actively grieving. I think because I was trying to do so much work to not maybe, I don't know, to prep myself. I'm not sure. Do you think, but I, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, do you think it has something to do with like the male hormones, like coursing through your veins too? 
It could have been totally because, totally. because you just different hormones and stuff. You know, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. always said I need to have a boy to like chill me out. And, and here I, you are. I, yeah. Yeah. Just so chill. <laughs> yeah. So, so chill. But yeah. it, and with, with Parker, I was actively grieving that entire time. Like yeah. I just oh. said, I, and I, and I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but I said it at work for the first time, not for the first time. I thought I'd said it, but after I said it, my CEO was like, you've never said that my job. I don't know how to explain it, but like my job is like really into or my workplace is really into doing these exercises where we like rip each other raw, like, which seems weird as fuck. I'm aware. I'm like super aware. Like, but what are we like? We like, so for example, we, every year we have retreats. Rip me raw, girl. Rip me well, raw. Well, no. So, 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 so we have these retreats every year, but obviously we haven't had one for two years because of COVID and all that stuff. So the very first one I was a part of was 2020, literally right before it was in March, right before the world shut down. And we did this, like, it's part of our diversity training. So like we pride ourselves on being a company that's like, we value diversity, the seen and the unseen. So like, not only do we have black people, women, men, blah, 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 you know? So like, not only that, but just like people from different socioeconomic backgrounds, people from different, all kinds of things. So the first year we did it, we did where you would write down, I am blank, but I'm not blank. And so you would write like, I I wrote, I am a black woman or I am a proud and loud black woman, but I am not (laughs) aggressive or angry. Or Mm -hmm. another woman wrote like, I am a proud feminist, but I don't hate men. Like I'm not a man hater. Somebody else was like, like, so they were like these big like statements to help us see each other. Or like someone was like, I am naturally skinny and I'm not a skinny bitch or I don't have an eating disorder. Like this is just the body I have. Like I'm a lucky bitch. (laughs) I know. I know. But it, but it did, it did did stop you. It did stop you from being like, okay, yeah, she is that bitch. I hope she doesn't eat. She's like, I guess I want, I want to gain muscle and I fucking can't. Yeah. Um, And so, yes, (laughs) I know. I know. I know. (laughs) I know. I know. And so Shelby, is that Shelby? No, it's not Shelby. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) We do these exercises because it's supposed to help us see each other better as a team. And it actually does. So like when we did it in 2020, people cried. People like it was this beautiful, like we left the room, like, holy crap. Like someone was like, I have ADHD. And like at the end, you can like just share. So then like at this point, you're like ripped raw because you've shared all the shit. And then like someone was like, I have ADHD and it causes X, Y, Z. Like, so working with me, I recognize that working with me can be really hard sometimes, but like, please know that like, I am trying my hardest and I had to go off my medicines because I'm trying to get pregnant and like all of these like things to like help you see your coworkers better. Right. Um, So this year we did the diversity, the seen and unseen. So like, obviously we can see that like I'm black. There's another black woman we just hired, like clearly, but like what are the things deeper than that? So they split uh-huh. us into these groups and you were supposed to talk through the, the three things, not the three, but just three things that shaped your life and who you are or like that changed your perspective, all of those things. Anyways. And so I was saying my CEO, who I love in the door, obviously yeah. she was just like, know, my she's divorce. amazing. Yeah. She's like my divorce shaped my life, raising girls. She like, she had like all these things to say, like blah, blah, blah. So it gets to me. And I was like, so obviously open book. I have a grief podcast. My mom died. So that's obviously something that shaped, shaped me. But then I get to motherhood and I was like, motherhood is 
another, the third thing that has like completely and totally racked my world, changed me and shaped who I was or who I was and who I am and who I'm going to be. So <laughs> my third thing was that I, when I was pregnant with Parker and found out that I was having a girl, I had built up so much in my mind that I was going to be a boy mom that I hadn't stopped to think about like what it would mean to have a girl. And so I just was like, well, I'm a boy. I'm going to be a boy mom. It's like, and I, I, I had like the whole narrative was in my head. Like I'm going to have huh. two boys. I can do like boy stuff, but then I'll still have like, I'll be the only girl in the house. So I'll still have like time to do my own things. Like blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. Uh -huh. Put that whole narrative in my head. Really what that narrative is, is I was protecting myself from the grief I would feel from having to raise a girl as a motherless mom. And so when I found out, wow. yes, lots of therapy, y'all. It's a therapy works. So when I found out I was having Parker, my initial reaction was, oh my God, that's crazy. Followed quickly by gender disappointment. Quickly. Yeah. I was so unhappy that I was having a girl for so long. Like How long? For so until they laid her on my chest. No way. Mm -hmm. Oh, Rashida. Mm -hmm. Until until they laid her on my chest. And like, then until, like, and then it's I, like a and then I'm like, God, I could like, I could crawl I know, under her, I, I could crawl under her crib with her when we leave. Like I just, or when we're done, I just fucking adore her. But I just yeah. spent so much of my pregnancy and granted over a third of that was during COVID. So that made every, everything Heightened. we all, we all had too much time with our thoughts then. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> And I yes. just, I was not prepared in any way, shape or form for what it would mean to be a motherless mom raising a girl and yeah. trying to understand what that relationship could be like. And, and, and I think what I'm working on now still is understanding that that relationship is going to be different. So the relationship that I had with my mom is going to be different than the relationship that I have and will have with Parker. But it sucks because at the same time, I am just like, but I want her to grow up and be so like, so like, so I want us to be close. Like I was with my mom and like, all you know, like, so it's, it is a constant thing that I'm thinking about. It doesn't help that Parker's personality is my mom's. Yeah. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. Yes. It doesn't, it doesn't help that their <laughs> personalities are so fucking different. I've experienced more grief with Parker than I did with Dom. I think that has everything to do with their genders. Yeah. I could see that mm -hmm. for sure. Because when my, you know, Ellie was around when my mom was around and it was the three of us. So it was like adding a new friend of the group, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, we were mm -hmm. still, my mom and I were still out doing whatever we wanted to do and just adding a baby along with it. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and I think that very much would have been my mom and me. And like, I know that like having a girl was like my mom's dream. Me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like yeah. she was a she, I mean, she was a good man. Like me. Yeah. And she was a, obviously like my brother could write whole songs about his relationship with my mom too. Like, you know, Aww. like she had a special relationship with each of us. And again, because I don't know what it's like to be my brother. I don't know what it's right. like to be a dude missing your mom. Right. And therefore, I'm not grieving that in terms of Dom and I's relationship. But when it comes to Parker, I just, there's so many more layers to it that I wasn't necessarily ready for. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. That's way deeper than my... <laughs> Than my explanation. Not too long after Parker was born, I saw this quote, and it is from like Rappy. I will find it and link it in the show notes, probably. We always say from we're going to Oh, yeah, I know. But then we know. And then we just go about our business. Ain't right. nobody said anything yet, though. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
But it says, what if there isn't enough time to give her what she deserves? Do you think if I beg this guy hard enough, my mother's soul would return to me as my daughter so I could give her oh. the comfort she gave me? Yeah. Yes. I, oh my God. I remember that. And that one, that hit, that hits. <laughs> that hits so hard. That I know. hits. Yeah. Especially since P has my mom's personality, like that hits, like that yep. hits me and that, that Yeah. So when my hairstylist said something, she said that my mom said that, that I am my mom's temple of joy. Mm -hmm. Me? She going to the right person? (laughs) (laughs) What what temple? Where did she get that temple? She made a wrong turn. Yeah. 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 Temple. Dirty, but, uh, well, not dirty. Uh, Defaced. I don't know. Yeah. This temple is dirty, dirty and defaced and destroyed. Uh, no, but I was like, oh my gosh, I am her temple of joy. I was like, what she knows something that I don't know, but it helped me really kind of open my eyes too. that when I am, when you're snuggling your, your kids and it's bedtime and before they put you over the edge, cause they want you to stay for one more song and one more, one more story. And you're like, and you're just soaking up all of that time and all of those snuggles. And I think that is that joy. And like, that is that joy that my mom, I think is talking about. And that, that Ruby is talking about that maybe in that moment, my mom, my mom's soul or our mom's souls are able to feel that joy. And like, we are able to then give that joy back to them, whatever, all these years, what they've given to us, we are Mm -hmm. able to give it back to them. Mm -hmm. I I like that. I like that a lot. I like that because it, Anything that allows me to feel like my mom is still like living on through me, through my kids, like that she has some connection, some divine connection in the story that is my life is what keeps me going. Like it's what yeah. keeps me like, like she's still here, like though she's not with, like physically here, like she is, you know, like, yeah. Right. I know. I struggle with that too, with, with, with identifying like how I want to put it into words. Like we all know that our moms aren't here like physically, mm-hmm. but we also mm-hmm. don't want to like negate or like rule out the fact that they, yes, they are here mm-hmm. spiritually. So like, we don't ever want to discount that. And, but it's, I think that's probably like the best way that we can present it is like, yes, our moms aren't here physically, but they are here spiritually. I don't know. Right. Right. Do you ever feel, and I try, I try not to go to this place too often. Cause I feel like if any parent goes to this place, they can totally spit out, but do you ever feel like not even maybe it's anticipatory grief on a low, low level, but like, just like the feelings that you feel for your mom, like the, how you have, how you feel as a person <laughs> you're nodding. So you kind of know where I'm going, like yeah. how you feel as a person who's lost their mom or their loved one, anybody on a grief journey, do you ever like feel the grief that your kids would feel, I guess, if something were to happen to you. Like when I think of something happening to me and I think of Diamond Parker having to go through what I went through, like I would, I was getting ready to be like, I would rather die, but like I would be dead. So that's yeah. probably <laughs> <laughs> Well, so here's the thing, you know, we only know our kids as babies, quite Mm -hmm. frankly, they're four, Mm -hmm. four and under they're babies. Okay. Mm -hmm. So for a child that young to lose a mom is completely devastating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, when our moms died, we were a little bit older and I would almost venture to say that maybe our, I was a lot older than you. You were Mm -hmm. still, I feel like you always need your mom, but you still really needed your mom. Mm-hmm. You saw a lot of growing to do. 
mm-hmm. but is it a little bit easier? I wonder for them to like let go or also maybe not, maybe that's not the right way to pay, present it. But what I really want to say is I can say for my mom, she wasn't all there. I mean, she had fucking cancer head to toe. So Mm -hmm. she wasn't thinking right. I think she was trying to tell me in her words, like looking back that she was wanting to talk to me about letting go and stuff, but I wasn't having it because I was in a different place. But Mm -hmm. yeah, having to imagine our kids living without us. The closest thing that I can, that I've come to it is when I had Ellie in a C-section, I lost a lot of blood. I started to like, my eyes were like rolling in the back of my head. And I remember the last thing thinking to myself was, okay, this is it. At least Ellie will have a good dad. Mm. So that's the closest Uh, thing I can. Terrifying. Isn't that fucked up? Mm -hmm. I want to throw up. But I mean, I guess that's just kind of where maybe once it's time to go, maybe that's just where you're at. I don't know. I Mm -hmm. don't know. Or if you have cancer for a long time, are you able to prepare? How do you prepare yourself? I don't know. It's almost like, so I think being on a grief journey, particularly for those who have less paired, so not negating any other loss, because I know as part of our community, we have people who've lost spouses. We have people who've lost brothers and sisters, all of those things. So, but I'm going to zero in on the parent piece, maybe even like a grandparent piece. If your grandparent was like a huge part of like raising you, but like there's so it's almost like grief inception. Like the layers of grief that have to be sorted out. Like you grieve, you grieve for yourself, the person who lost a parent. Yes. Then you, then you grieve for the parent. Yes. For all the things they've missed. Right. Then you grieve for the parent because they fucking died. So like, obviously there's some grief there. Then you grieve for your kids for the relationship they're not getting. Right. Then you grieve for your kids again for if something ever happens to you. Then you grieve, like it, it is like the, the layer is like the, how deep the yeah. grief can go and how many like tentacles it has could make you spin out. Oh, absolutely. You can spiral very quickly. Yeah. Spiral very quickly. If you, if you, if you like sit and like, if I let myself sit and truly think about grief that way, that I'm just like, dear God, it sounds like you'll never be out of grief, but or you'll never like be it out of the waves necessarily, because how many waves is that then? I just named five, five types of waves and then they can come any kind of way. So it's like, yeah, that can feel overwhelming, but. Well, I think that's what grief sets you up to do also is that once you experience it, you're probably always waiting for maybe not the other shoe to drop, but you're always kind of looking at ways like, oh, oh yeah. well, if this happens and this is what, then this is what could happen or you're forever changed, which sucks to say, but it also prepares you or like, this is life. Bad shit happens to good people, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But once you've been through one grief, the other griefs don't hit as hard. I feel like, totally. so maybe yeah. you're, but maybe you're like subconsciously protecting yourself. I think is maybe what it is, is like you're sub- subconsciously protecting yourself from f- ever feeling that deep, horrific so level trying- of grief. Yeah. So you're trying to like see what all the other griefs are. So yeah. Can, yeah. Let me try this grief on. Yeah. Try this grief on. That's still not as bad. Now we try this one. Yeah. It's still not yes. as like So that you can like try to prevent yourself <laughs> from ever feeling that. Exactly. I was trying to find another quote. I feel like I've seen something on Instagram about all of those levels of grief that you were talking about, but I am not going to find it right now. So <laughs> I'm not going to make, make everybody wait anticipation. (laughs) One day, one day we'll figure out how to be more prepared for these. So 
I could be like, oh, that quote. One, one day we're not going to be like running directly from putting, I literally ran from putting Parker down, like dropped sis in her bed. Like she tried to put up a fight, like dropped sis. And that's was like, enough. Gotta record. Yep. Gotta yeah. record. If, if you start crying, that's on dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did it. Did my part. Did my part. I did. I said I would get her into bed. I didn't say she'd yeah. go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> It is so true. One day we will be prepared because I was yes. running up the stairs, eating dinner, like running up the stairs or trying to get shit together. So sorry, guys. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. It is life. But yeah, in general, I think I don't know what I think. Grieving while bringing in a new baby. I had another thought. I had one more thought I was going to say, and then I thought we could wrap up because we did talk for a lot. Uh, yes. What's okay. Think about it. What was my thought? Oh, I got it. Yay. Okay. I was like, I I knew it. I knew I was getting there. Okay. One of the other things I think that can happen when you're welcoming a baby in a fresh grief journey, like you have Kara, is that, and, and that's different for me, I would say, is that I had gone so long without my mom that I, and again, I had worked in therapy on like what it would mean to be a motherless mom that like, I had almost like accepted that was my fate. And so it's actually super rare. And I mean, rare that in a given situation as it, as it pertains to being a mom and my kids, it's super rare that I actually still have the urge to be like, I would like to call, I need to call my mom or like, I wish my mom was here because I'm so far removed from her being her, her ability to have been here, you know, that it doesn't yeah. like, it doesn't occur to me. Like that is, it never occurs to me. Oh, well, I take that back. It occurred to me once in honestly, I think only once that I like cried because I was like, I want my mom. And it was when I had COVID. Oh yeah. And I wanted her for me, like not even take care of me. Yes. Like not even a, like she would know what to do. Like, I just like, I wanted her for me. Like I was like, I want my mom. And it's so rare that I feel that way. Like that. I am like, like, obviously I always want her. Obviously I'm always the the rational part of my brain is always in control sometimes when it comes to grief for me, because I've been so far removed. So like, it it is rare. Like I, I think I can think to myself, I wish my mom was here. Like, or this would be like, I wish my mom could see this or like this could be like a little more passively, you know? Oh, that sucks. I wish you were here. Like, oh, I want to send this picture to her. Yes. Maybe. Yeah. Exactly like that. And actually passively is the word we were looking for when we were like, you're either actively grieving or you're the the back. Yes. Passively grieving. And so I feel like I'm always passively thinking that things like that. Like, Oh, my mom would have loved to see this, blah, 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 blah. But it's rare that I'm like angry about it or like, why isn't she here? And like, blah, like those, I don't have those feelings anymore. Or like where I'm crying to where I'm like, I wish she was here until I had COVID. And again, that had nothing to do with my kids. It had everything to do with me feeling like I was going to die yeah. and, and, <laughs> yeah. wa- and wanting her to like be like a mother figure, I suppose, to be there for me. But for the most part, I think just simply because I've been without her for so long that like welcoming or bringing babies into the mix has, there's been very few times that I've been like, what do I do? I should call my mom. Oh shit. I can't call my mom. Like that, that that's a, that's rarely a triggering thing. That's, rarely happens for me. Right. And I can see that because you've had so much more life to live and you've had mm-hmm. a lot more time to figure out things and you lived as a mother without like in my situation, like I had my mom the first time around so far, the second time around, I haven't felt like I needed to call her mm-hmm. so much as I did, you know, prior, but something that was like really triggered me was when you said that you had COVID and that's when you really needed your mom. When I had my miscarriage, that was when I just really needed my mom. 
I just, mm-hmm. I forgotten that I had that feeling. And it's like such a, on such a visceral level that you just need that someone to care for you because nobody mm-hmm. else can care for you. Like your mom can care for you. They mm-hmm. just know what you need, you know? Mm-hmm. 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 And I forgot about that. Does it ever like blow your mind and it, it blows mine. So I'm, I'm leading the witness. Does it ever blow your mind? It should that the way you feel about or the way you felt about your mom and the way you feel about your mom and the comfort she brought to you, like all of the things that you feel when it comes to your mom, does it ever blow your mind that you are that for two kids now? My mind is fucking blown right now. I never thought about it. But I mean, like, really? I never thought about it in that way. Like, of course, I know that I bring my kids comfort. I see it. They hear my voice and they are excited or soothed or, you know, one of those two options usually. But mm-hmm. I never thought about it in the in that sense. No, that like I think about that and that gives me like the warm and fuzzies and, and also just like the holy shit, I can't believe that. Like I, I provide like, yeah, all of the things like if you think back to like even some of your earliest experiences, like I can think back to back in the day before people had cell phones or any of those things. And I would go to Target or like Walmart or venture. And, oh, venture. Yes. <laughs> I know. And I would Deer Creek. K- Kmart ask my mom, like she would need to go shop, do whatever she was doing. And again, this is the nineties. I would never probably let my children out of my sight now. Cause people are fucking weird. And I would be like, okay, can I go to the toy section? And she would be, did you do this? Yeah. Yes. And she would be like, yes, you can go to the toy section, but like, don't leave the toy section. Stay there. Like, I need to be, I need to be able to find you, blah, blah, blah. And so I would be in the toy section until however many minutes I deemed was too many that like my mom, my mom's lost and gone and has left me in the store. Yeah. She forgot me. Yes. I would hear. So I'd be like, kind of like slowly perusing and being like, maybe she'll come soon. And then you would hear like, like you'd hear, I still hear it like keys. And I'd be like, were those my mom's keys yeah like your 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 mom's keys had a fucking sound yes they did I could specifically like hers I'm like I'd be like no not quite not quite not quite then I would like how for however again little baby Rashida was like all right it's been two minutes she didn't left me here so I would go I would go to the front of the store and ask them to page my mom I did this on the (laughs) regular my brother did this. This is hilarious. Keep going. On the regular. Yes. Like, I don't yes. know why. I bet you it's just like, this is the beginnings of Rashida, like needing to hear her own voice. Like, yes. like this is the, the beginnings of Rashida, the star. I'm creating my own drama and, yeah. and acting the part. And so I would go. No, it's like, smart is what it is. It's smart. I would be like, my mom is lost. And then they would be like, paging yeah. Mona, paging Mona. Your daughter is at the front of the store. I know she's like looking at laundry detergent. She's like, fucking shit. Five minutes. And she was her dream. She said she'd be okay. Yes. (laughs) And so then I just remember like the, like, so she, I'd see her like walking up to where I was. And I just remember the just like wash of relief. That was like, I feel that flow over my body being like my, yeah. Oh, thank God. I'm safe. 
Yes. And so that, so that's one memory that I'm like, I get to provide that for another kid. And I also remember another time I went to a leadership camp the summer, like literally the summer before I lost my mom. So I was 15 or maybe 14. So maybe it was the summer before that, but I went to, I had like back to back, like I had like a leadership camp, some other camp. Essentially I was like gone from my home for three weeks. Like, and this is like the summer between freshman and sophomore year. And so like, that's a lot for me who who hadn't left home very much, really hadn't been away from my parents that lot much. And as a person who was super close to her mom. And I just remember at the very end, at the very end of that was my last leadership camp that summer. And my mom came to get me. And I just remember seeing her like show up at the little dorm I was staying in and being like, mom. Oh yes. There was no greater feeling. Right. And so it just blows my mind that I get to like that feeling I felt that's the feeling Parker feels when I oh, like this, pick him up from school. Yes. Yes. Or like Dom's like, mommy, like, you know, like I'm <laughs> yes. just, it is an honor, I guess, to get to, to bring that joy to two little people. Unbelievably huge honor that we get to do that, that we are that for two little people. I mean, and by, by virtue of just being who you are, like by virtue, like they're not asking for a skinnier mom. They're not no. asking for a mom who makes crafts or owns a lawnmower. They're not they just want for, you. Yes. Like you as the, the loving and caring human being that you are gives them such a comfort, all the joy, all the relief, all of the, yeah. Comfort. I haven't stopped to think of it like that. And Mm -hmm. that puts motherhood in just a whole new perspective. Oh my God. Well, and I think it's a different, like, I don't know if, and maybe people whose moms are still alive and or their parents are still alive are also have come to that. But I also think it's the absence of me having that anymore that has made me realize that that's the feeling I'm missing when it comes to my mom. And then that's caused me to be like, oh my God, I get to have that for my kids. And then I'm like, well, the absence of that for my kids would be terrible. Like, you know, so then it spends me, it sends me in my grief spiral. But I think that's also what's like caused me to like be able to recognize that feeling and like almost feel like grab that feeling because I don't have it anymore. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You're leaving me with some shit to think about tonight, sister. I know. <laughs> I know you're going to be like laying in your bed. I know. Now all this does is make me want to just go crawl into my kids' beds and hug them. I mean, yes, it l- literally does. Yes. Oh my God. Oh. I, well, Kara, I think we have chatted a shit ton. Yeah, I think we got it. What mm. were we talking about? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about that time I went to Total Wine and said, where's the party pretty much? <laughs> I'm going where, you're, where he's going. Party over here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like yeah. pointing to this guy. Party over at that guy's house. Yeah. <laughs> party har har. Woof. Anywho. So yeah. Oh my gosh. I think we got it. Yeah. All right, guys, that does it for another episode of the Grooving Mamas Club podcast. When times get tough, just remember you're a badass bee and you got this mama.